Welcome to another episode of A-Figure Focus. I'm your host, Ephraim McBelly, CPA, Managing Director of EFS Group PLLC, and also the creator of this amazing podcast, A-Figure Focus. And today, we have a really, really, really good episode for all of you who are interested in getting to eight figures, right? Because if you want to get to eight, you're going to need some assets to really protect a lot of the things that you have built, right? And so I have a lady on this podcast, right? She's the owner of three hotels and also CEO of Vester, right? Where now it's a, a platform where you can come on there and you can invest in hotels that are all around the world or whatnot, right? So I have Davon Reeves on. How are you? Hi, Ephraim. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm happy to have you here. And I know the when I heard you speak, of one, I want to say, what, a year or two ago? Yeah. I heard you speak on stage about owning a hotel, and that was something that I didn't even think was possible. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> I get that a lot within our community. Right. Yeah, when I step outside, like the Indian community is like the norm. Even some white people. Yeah. But mostly definitely in our community. Yes, yeah. yes. But I, I love that you are spreading this information to all yeah. of us, and you're, you're showing that it's actually possible. It is. So before we jump into that, what we normally do is we like to jump into where you're from and how everything got started. So where are you originally from? So I was born in Philadelphia. Okay. I always say that. Born and raised. But I was so I was half raised in Philly and then half raised in Georgia. Really, no, mostly in Georgia. So I was raised in Clayton County, Georgia. So I graduated from Jonesboro. So mm. shout out to my Clayco folks. It's cool to be from Clayton now, Clayton yeah. County because a lot of so it was cool. You know, when I was growing up, it wasn't cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I went to Georgia State University, okay, and that's actually where I got my start in the hotel industry. I was a front desk agent while at Georgia State. So I graduated from Georgia State. So go Panthers! And I stayed in Atlanta. The only time I left Atlanta, my adult life was when I moved to Boston mm. for a corporate job in hotel asset management or hotel advisory services. So basically what yeah. you do for your clients, advisory services, right. we did it for hotels. I love it. So yeah. you grew up in Philly, yeah. moved to Georgia at what age? Eight. Okay. Yeah, that's what I said. So you're pretty much... I still, I mean, I still got family <laughs> there. I go back there a lot. So, you okay. know, I still got a house there. So I claim it. You, know. you got a house there. Okay, I love it. Yeah. So you the were the accent in... coming every now and then. If I get real mad, they're like, "Oh, she is definitely yeah. silly." <laughs> well, I have to apologize for you know us winning the World Series recently. Yeah, man. Yeah. I know. But so, okay, check this out. So it may be a good thing because I was reading that it was like some you know story or whatever that or superstition. They said every mm -hmm. time that the Phillies. When the yes. World Series, we go into a recession. So maybe we were doing y'all a favor. <laughs> you know what I mean? So doing the whole United States a favor. There you go. We all, yes. there you go. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So you know, you own three hotels. Yeah. You have a, a hotel investing platform. Yep. Right. Like you're doing all these amazing things. What got you into the hotel industry? Like I was saying before, working as a front desk agent. Of course, I did not think. Working as a front desk, yeah. that I'll be right here today. Like, right. if somebody would have told me that, I'm like, girl, you crazy. Like, <laughs> I would have been like, no. So, I mean, when I got my start, I just thought I was going to be, you know, a general manager. Mm -hmm. And I was excited to do that. And, you know, I was super excited. Like, I mean, just a sophomore in college, like making yeah. $10 an hour. And I was rich in my mind, <laughs> you know, traveling the world. So, you know, same for free, just living a good life. And, I didn't know anything about hotel ownership until I joined this organization called the American Hotel Lodging Association under 30 Gateway. And they were, everyone was pretty much under 30. That was when we'd be part of the organization. But it was people who didn't look like me who owned hotels. Mm. I was like, I 
mean, I just didn't know you could do it. Right. Because everybody would like go around the room and say, you know, introduce themselves. They're like, yeah, we own this hotel. I'm like, you own it? Wait, what? Yeah. I thought you only could work in it. Like, I didn't think you could own it. Mm-hmm. And it was like people developing hotels and they were like in their 20s, like right. 20s. It was because they inherited hotels. So mm. this was something that was passed down through generations. And so it just sparked my interest. And I said, oh my gosh, that's what I'm going to do. Like, didn't have any money. Wasn't a pathway. Wasn't right. podcast. You know, yeah. wasn't YouTube University and all of these different things or Davon Reeves that can be like, here you go, yeah. take this course and you'll you know get your hotel. But I had to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And you you figured it out. And one of the things that you're doing is you've been speaking on platforms, yeah. really like spreading this information around the people. Yeah. And now you say, you know what? I'm going to take it a step further and I'm going to create a platform to yeah. where everyone can we can pull our money together. Yeah and like invest in different hotels, yeah. right? So before we talk about your platform, mm-hmm. like you own three hotels, how in the world did you do that? Cause you said earlier that you didn't necessarily have the money. So it's so funny okay. when I was thinking about your, as you're doing the introduction, probably the quickest way to get to an eight figure business is to buy one. Mm. The quickest way to get to an eight figure business is to buy one. I like that. Yeah, I mean, Continue. because we, our host, my hotel portfolio, we're probably doing probably like close to probably several million. Okay. Not several million, probably definitely over eight million, probably, mm-hmm. right? In revenue um, for just a total portfolio. And that's probably like on the lower end because we have smaller hotels. But the first hotel that we purchased was 8.3 million. So revenues were definitely over a million dollars. But how we were able to buy that hotel um, just, we did it through relationships, so working yeah. with the broker. And not all hotels bring in a million dollars in revenue. I do want to say that, right. okay? Yeah. <laughs> not all hotels. But as far as what we did, we were able to, you know, we raised raised the the down payment through private equity. Okay. And we got that hotel at, at, at a discount. I love that. Yeah. So you went around and you got, you know, through private equity, you were able to find people to put money together. Mm-hmm. And then now... Um, it was a private equity fund, I would think. Or yeah, well, no, you... friends and family. It wasn't. It wasn't. There wasn't a vester back then. Vester okay. would have made it a lot easier if there was a vester. Yeah. And that's why I created it. Right. Because we needed to raise capital, but it was. It's hard from a marketing standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. through regulations that you can't just say, "Hey, I need," you know, who want right. to invest in a hotel. But yeah, so that's how we just raised it through, through friends and family. Yeah. I love that because you know it's it's a business, right? Yeah. So in business. You either can start it, you know, there's a lot of businesses you can start with no money. Mm-hmm. And then there's businesses that you need money to start, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we get that money? You can either, like, let's say, save up money from your job that you've been working at, mm-hmm. 401k if you mm-hmm. have one, or you can go to friends and family and get money. Lots of credit. Right? Everybody talking about business credit. Every, business I credit. swear, every, every time I go through my feed, somebody talking about how they teach me get business credit. Well, you can actually get use business credit. Yeah. as a, a way to as a down payment yeah right you know or lines of credit you know so definitely I always recommend work with the financial advisor right you know work with the financial advisor uh you know as you mentioned before retirement you know lines of credit you know friends and family savings hotels is a definitely it's a longer term investment mm-hmm. so three to five years right so yeah. you uh, eventually you you know get dividends from a passive standpoint um, from an ownership standpoint, it differs. It just basically on how you structure, but you really get your true value when you when you sell the asset. Definitely, yeah. we're going to talk about that too. So you raised this money, you were yeah. able to buy your first hotel asset. Yeah, hundred percent owner. No, no, it's a whole bunch of us. Whole bunch, right? Yeah, it's a whole bunch. Of, I've yet to see 
a hotel where it's 100% owner. Right. I, I would think so, right? Because well, because of the investors, you know. So even I've seen husband and wife duos and they bring in private money. Right. But they're like the they're like the general partner. Right. But they still have I think I met one woman, maybe a couple women, maybe like two or three women that it was a smaller hotel, but they mm -hmm. were able to fund it through them. They were able to fund it themselves. Okay. You know, because they had other businesses, so they were able to support it. Got it. Okay. Maybe like one or two partners. Yeah. So you had partners and you're you were the general partner. Yep. Yes, a group of us who were a part of the general partnership. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was a group. Okay, you and some other okay. Mm -hmm. So and you still own that. Yep, we still, have, today. we still own that asset, yep. And so what is your role in the every day-to-day? -day so I don't have to handle the eight, the day-to-day -day operations. That's why I'm here with you. Right. Because the hotel, so it was the first hotel was in El Reno, Oklahoma. So we have a management company that handles the day-to-day. -day. So what my day looks like, would you know, we talk to the management companies, mm -hmm. talking to the investors. Right. You know, more of a strategic role, like really looking at the reports to see what we can do just to really, because our job is more of an internal asset management role. Right. So just ensuring that the the asset, uh, from a strategic standpoint, what we can do to bring more value to the asset, to bring more money to our investors. Yeah, because yeah. essentially, I, I like that play, right? Because it's, let's buy a hotel um, at a certain price then we bring value to it. And then now the, the value of the property goes up. Mm -hmm. Then like you said, the bigger play in the future could be, you know, you sell it off, mm -hmm. you know, and then reap the real- From an eight figure, you know. For, for eight, eight, eight figure, <laughs> or, you know. Exactly. Profit, right? And the thing I like about the hotels is that it's an asset that you can get depreciation off of. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different benefits that you can take, right? Oh and, yeah, there you go. See. The accounting side, right? <laughs> yeah. So one and a lot of and the reason why a lot of folks they actually invest in hotels for that mm -hmm. reason because not only are you owning the real estate but you're owning the business as well. Right. So that makes it more of a, a, a sexier asset, but it also makes it a riskier asset. Right. So um, yeah. Right. So for those of you right who you may not necessarily be in the beginning journey of your business, you might are making some money. Um, you're gonna get to a point where you're gonna be making the money where you need something to offset your profits, right? Because the taxes mm -hmm. might potentially, you know, kill the business. Um, so having assets that you can invest in that can return some depreciation and help you to offset that, some of the profits is really, really valuable. It obviously grows your net worth, but then it helps you, you know, to do some really effective tax planning, you know? So that's, that's great that you had the hotel, and then when did you acquire the second one after you did the first one? It's so funny that you say that because I always recommend people before you like invest, like talk to your CPA, <laughs> talk to your financial advisor, and you see why. So thank you, you just answered that for me. I love it. So the second, the second, actually the second deal did not go through. Let's the talk about deal, it. Yeah, the second deal did not, see now we're talking about something nobody really knows. Right? Yes. So the second, I was, that was like, so my goal is to You said I was going to get you to, I was fucking to ask questions that everyone else is asked, see? You got so. me, right? And so my second deal was a Hyatt. Mm. So when I, you know, we kind of made news and stuff, kind of went viral last year. I, was, I wasn't I was even focusing on that. Yeah. I was focusing on that deal. Like, people were like, what do you think? And I'm like, right. man, I'm just trying to get to the closing table again. <laughs> like, I've been like, because we closed in November yeah. and we went viral like January. Mm. So it was like, you know, past it. And so we didn't we didn't get the deal. You know, mm. it was just some complications with the deal and back and forth with the seller. And it was a high. And so my goal 
was to always own the Hyatt because yeah. I got my startup at the Hyatt. So right. it was the full circle moment, right? Yeah. And we didn't get it. Yeah. I was like, no, I was so distraught. So then two more deals came. It was a portfolio deal. It was a IHG, which is State Bridge and Suites in Indianapolis Fishers. And then the Hampton Inn and Suites in Scottsburg. So those two hotels was a portfolio. Mm. So a lot of people don't know this, but you can buy hotels as a portfolio because it's, atti- right. it's attached to one loan. So that I've seen sense. up to 18 hotels attached to one loan. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. It can get complicated, <laughs> but yes, yeah, attached to one. That's why sometimes when people lose their assets and they lose a lot of them or they sell, or maybe sometimes they sell maybe three hotels out their portfolio and keep two and mm-hmm. vice versa. So yeah. So that's how we got it. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk. So the second deal, right, was supposed to be a Hyatt. You're asking, talking about something else that nobody else asked. There we go. So the second deal was supposed to be the Hyatt, um, and it, it didn't go through. The how Hyatt lo- place. A Hyatt place. Mm-hmm. How many months were you into that deal before you found out that it wasn't going to go through? Probably like five months. And deals normally don't, do they normally take about five plus months? Or? No, they typically take about 90 days. 90 days. So you were in five months and then. Yeah, because it was, yeah, because it was complicated and we were just, it was a lot of negotiations back and forth. So finally we were just like, this isn't going to work. Right. Yeah. How did that, I mean, obviously, you know, you didn't feel great after the whole thing, but did that ever discourage you from like going forward and doing mm-hmm. it again? No. I mean, I gave the investors their money back because we didn't close. Right. I gave them back. They were probably more shocked than anything. They yeah. were like, wow, you gave them money back. Yeah. I'm like, we didn't close. What are we going to do with it? Right. So we just gave it back to it. Yeah. Oh, you know, people are so used to, People just keeping the money or doing something. So that's noble of you to do that. Yeah. Um, did they jump in on your I'm afraid next... of my grandma. <laughs> Even though she's not, she's no longer with us, I am still afraid of her. So. I, that's an impact, right? Yeah. The fact that she's no longer with you and you can still be, you know, hearing her in your head. Girl, they get money <laughs> So those investors that you gave the money back, were they a part of your next deals or? Yeah. Actually, just about, if they didn't invest, yeah, some of them invest in different deals, but yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you ended up getting those next two deals, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you're at three. And then the birth of Vester. That happened while I was closing on the Indiana properties. Wow. Yeah. So at what? At the same time. You, are you the first person <laughs> to do this? First person for hotels. So, right. So it's so regulate regulation wise, yes. From a consumer wise, no. Right. right. So to just to, without boring people, it's a regulation to yes. So yes, I'm the first regulation to yes. So it's a that's, crowdfunding that's platform. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. So I'm not the first black. I'm the first one for hotels. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. Yeah, I think I'm the fifth black. Right. So you're first for hotels. Mm-hmm. How long did that process take from you starting it to it? being all the way to completion. Probably like a year, because we built the technology from scratch. So you had to go hire someone to build the tech. And you had to obviously pay them throughout Mm -hmm. that whole time. Was that a hefty investment? Yeah, it was was significant. So what I realized throughout my journey, once I realized how to raise capital, once I understood syndication Mm. and and capital markets and and raising capital, then I was, and the importance of building a team, I was like, could do this right and now once you understand the foundation and the fundamental things you really business is business right so and i'm not a and you bring on people who are experts in your field right mm. so i'm not an expert in technology i don't know how to code and i'm not trying to figure it out so yeah. what am i going to do i'm right. going to bring a, an expert yeah. i'm not an expert in legal so what am i going to do i'm going to bring an expert right i'm not a cpa 
okay, I'm yeah. not going to do counting. So we call it right? <laughs> so you bring in the experts so right. you understand the, I've learned the value through it. I wasn't always good at this, but mm-hmm. once I realized, okay, I'm good at building teams, then I just, and I saw that there was, I saw that there was a problem. Mm-hmm. And so what is, what can we do to create, to fix it as far as the solution? And I noticed that there was a lot of people who needed to raise capital for their, for commercial real estate. Right. So, and there wasn't really anything for hotels. There, mm-hmm. there are some platforms out there or some crowdfunding websites out there for hotels, but you have to be an accredited investor, which someone who makes, who has an income of 200,000 or more, they have a net worth of a million dollars or more, excluding their primary residence, or they have to have a very large real estate portfolio, like a hundred million dollars or something like that. And yeah. I didn't have that. Right. So I was like, well, what can I do to raise? I know I'm not the only one. And so, and then I kept a lot of, and after I was closing deals, people were like, okay, Devon, how can I invest with you? Like, where can I go for him? And if I didn't have a deal, like where I'm gonna send these people? Right. So I was like, okay, well, let me create a platform. Yeah. Yeah. So That's... it kind of birthed like maybe right after COVID a little bit. Definitely. Like so. the idea, but then like putting it together and the yeah. concept. So I gave a lot to my, um, so I do have a, a the technology partner is an equity partner. And so he came up with that. I got to give him credit. So he came up with the idea investor. He came up with the name. I love that. And I it's love- purple because my grandma's favorite color is purple. I don't even like purple. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so you were juggling pretty much creating investor and your hotels. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you had other things. And that teaching you, people how to do it. Teaching people. And I have a three-year-old. And you have a three-year-old. Yeah. Wow. How are you able to like juggle all these things? You time? know what? I've gotten better. And the reason why, and in order to get to eight figures, you have to understand systems, right? You right. have to understand processes and you have to, that's that's what scaling is. And I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I was like that, we thought scaling means, oh, you just scaling to get to, you know, it's just right. more money, but it's no, okay, understanding that you can't do everything. And then two, you have to put systems in place, like understanding SOPs, like, you know, if someone if you need somebody to duplicate the process because you can't be everywhere, right? right? The reason how businesses, they grow and they become so successful because they have systems in place and it can be multiple people doing the same thing. And like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. the quickest way to get to an eight-figure business is to buy one. Right. So, or have a company buy your business, right? right. But a company who's going to buy your business, if your systems are not in place, and what does that mean? That means that you should have some type of manual to say from ABC, this is how you create the product or do the service. Right. They're basically buying your IP and boom, they cut your check and you move on. We're both happy. Mm-hmm. Right. But a lot of, for some reason, our community, we don't understand that. That's yeah. what it's basically you buying it, you know, buying into franchises. That's another way of buying into, you know, a figure business, something that's already done, proven and something you don't have to come up from scratch. For some reason, I keep doing things that have to come up <laughs> from scratch. That's <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I'm doing this anymore. It, it happens because even with me, I'm always like, you know what, the next business that I start, it's going to be, I'm going to buy one. And then I end up starting one from scratch. No, or I'm going to buy one. Yeah, I already well, you have said plans. You're, you're done. Yeah, I already have plans. I'm going to buy stuff that's already, like buying some franchises. And then, you know, having, I, so my business model, mm-hmm. I need to do things, as I just explained to you, what I do, mm-hmm. you know, I need something that I can bring on like a management company right. or somebody that can man- and I can just like oversee it, but they really handle the day to day. So I'm gonna go deeper with that, right? Yeah. Because that's really you it looks like you learned that at an early time in your business. Like, look, 
I'm not doing all this by myself. Well, I, le- I left a lot of money on the table. Okay. But I still, I'm like, dang, I'm, I left money on the table because I didn't have a system in place. Because right. it's impossible for you to do everything. You get burnt out. You can't think of everything. You make mistakes. It's mm-hmm. just it's just not possible, humanly but possible. Was there something that happened that turned that light bulb on that said, you know what, I need to go get investors. I need to get a property management company. I need to do all these when things. When I couldn't do it myself and I was just stalling, right? I mean, I could have had a hotel a long time ago. There was no reason why I... My goal was to have a hotel by I was 30. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I was playing around. You know, I wasn't as focused. I yeah. love that. <laughs> you know, so I wasn't that focused. And finally, mm-hmm. when I became like super focused, I was like, this is what I'm going to do to get it. But I realized when I brought on more things to my plate and it was just, and I was wearing myself out and I was like all over the place and I was leaving money on the table. That's when I realized, okay, Devon, you had to bring on people that's going to, like, you just, you just can't do everything. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just impossible. Yeah. I think for me, the light bulb went off when the twin boys were born, right? Like, that was what, almost four years ago? Rita called me June 2018. Hey, we're having twins. Immediately, I was like, oh my God, my life's about to change, right? So now I got into the whole mindset of, right, I got into the mindset of, I got to organize everything, yeah, right? Because if I don't organize everything, how am I going to be a present father? Mm-hmm. How am I going to be there to help Rita? And, you know, I've obviously do my role in raising them, you know, so the priority shifted, right? But one of the goals of this podcast is for you, if you don't have any kids, don't wait to that time frame. Get all that together now, if you, especially if you want to have kids, because mm-hmm. that's something that you're going to have to do or it's going to affect your business. Or if you get sick, like especially like solopreneurs, I think sometimes people, we glorify that, like bring on people that can, that can help you make money, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes, and you, uh, sometimes with businesses or if you're an entrepreneur, you start off being a solopreneur. And to answer your question again, I travel a lot. Yeah. So when things start slipping, like, you know, I'm not replying to, you know, folks' emails or I'm not calling mm-hmm. people back. Like, all of the, before I could do it because right. I had a little bit more time on my hand. Yeah. But now it's like it's happening. And I don't want to, and I'm, I don't, that's not me. That's not who I am to a person. I'm very responsive. Right. And so I just feel really bad if I can't respond to people. And now it's it's becoming a normal where I just don't, where people just know I'm not going to respond and I, it eats me up inside. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, now I need to bring on people that can help me respond better or help right. me free up things. So that way I can respond to people because, you know, I have to respond to my investors, right? Right. You know, I, I'm, I guess for me being in the hospitality industry, I treat my investors as, as they are guests, right? Mm. You know, so they're not just an investor to me, like they're a, a guest, they're family. Right. And so I want to make sure that they're taken care of because they and they they trusted me with their hard earned, you know, funds. Right. So I look at them like I don't look at them as a number. Like I look at them as somebody who trusted me. So I have to take care of their asset, right? Definitely. So I just want to make sure that I'm I'm responsive and that they're taken care of. You know, so then I have, you know, I have courses. So the people mm-hmm. who trusted me with, you know, they invested in me. Right. Right. You know, in my course, that they purchased my book, whatever product or service that I wanted to make sure that they they feel satisfied. Like they feel like, okay, I walked away with this knowledge. You know, I can either invest in a hotel today or, you know, buy a ho- I'm on the right pathway, you know, to buy, buy a hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I hear, you know, some of my students or people, you know, like I, I signed my, uh, uh, my, I got approved for my application for, you know, a major franchise. I'm like, yay, you know what <laughs> I mean? So, so that's just something that I just, I guess that's just me being an overachiever. <laughs> that's dope. 
another question I have for you is, what is the hardest part of being a hotel owner or investor? The hardest part is when your asset isn't doing well, when your hotel isn't doing well. And that's just the nature of the business, right? A hotel, mm -hmm. I mean, the hotel is based on the economy, right? Right. And so, and it's also based on the market. So if the market isn't doing well, so I have, I mean, my hotels are in tertiary markets. Mm -hmm. So what that means is not in the top, top major city or a top 25 markets like New York City or Atlanta. My hotel in El Reno was 40 minutes out of Oklahoma. So it has to be right. a specific person or a specific type of person that's going to travel to El Reno, Oklahoma. Like, why are they there? So right. as a hotel, you have to create that, like, what is the demand? What is the, to get guests to stay at our hotel? What kind of service? So a, a issue that's, um, that's happening in the industry is labor. Mm -hmm. And that's just across, that's not, not at my hotels, but it's just across the industry. Labor is an issue. And so some, that's something that we face. And so that's the hard part, you know, you know, just trying to figure out how we can, you know, if we have a rough quarter, mm -hmm. you know, last was it last year texas remember when y'all power went out yep a little power went out in oklahoma too i didn't know that so our hotel was affected wow so every time i look at the graph and if that february and it's that big dip you know mm -hmm. so it's challenging yeah. you know i and i try to be transparent with people the good bad and the ugly here it's an investment and that's what happened so it was like as an asset manager and an owner what can we do to mitigate it like okay right. if we're not if we're projecting Q4 is not going to do well and we're in Q2. So what can we do to mitigate that risk? Right? right. So I'd like to think ahead. So as an owner, you know, talking to the management companies, okay, what are you doing? Like, okay, if you're predicting negative cash flow, what can we do to get it closer to positive? Right. right? What kind what can we do? Can we cut costs? Can we bring in more business? What can be done, you know, to 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 get to so that's what that's probably the most challenging part. You know, and, you know, if there's a recession, you know, we we bought our hotels during COVID. Right. But, you know, I'm sure the people who held their had hotels during COVID, you know, outside of Texas and Florida, right. they probably was, you know, Texas and Florida was open. They, you know, the, they were stressed and some of them had to get their hotels back. So mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing is just making sure that you make your, your, more, your debt service or mortgage payment and uh, paying back your investors. That makes sense. This is my kind of conversation because a lot of what you're saying is if you're focused on the numbers, right, then you can see the different trends and you can figure out how to make things whole again, right? Mm -hmm. How to make things more profitable. So that's what I look at. So I look at the cash flow, look at the P&L statement, look at the balance sheet. So we do look at the balance sheet probably quarterly because so our management company, they they have an accounting department. So they right. handle that. And so we know we get the, the monthly reports and we get the quarterly reports and it's budget season now. So it's kind of time to look at the budget. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So what the budget and so typically the budget is done. Some people do the budget during the summer for the next year. I think it should be done closer to the end year because you have a better mm -hmm. forecast of what the year look like. And so it's just basically it's basically projections and how you will put, you know, a budget or forecast and it's based off of books any like guests coming in so let's say yeah. Ephraim, let's say you decide to throw a conference or something mm -hmm. or a tsp conference right <laughs> so the tsp conference that we attend that particular hotel once it's booked that's that's on there they know that okay these many people are coming this is how much they're probably going to spend and so mm -hmm. if they come again now they have history mm -hmm. so they're like yep. okay so we know so like for our hotel when we purchased it the first year we really didn't know mm -hmm. even though because we can't we can't go against the 
the previous owner because they they're going to do it differently. Right. So after the second year, now we have history, right. right? So now we're coming up to our third year. So now we're about to have two years of full history of what, okay, you know what? The summer months are great. Like we know we're going to make some money. Mm-hmm. The winter month, y'all, we're going to lose. So we know we're going to lose some money. Right. So what can we do to mitigate that loss? Like, okay, this is what happened. You know, this, so these are the groups that are coming in. These are the, the we need to get more groups like this. You know, mm-hmm. these are the markets. Like, so you get a better understanding because of the history. And that's how you can put together your, it's just based off the market and just based off historicals, how you can project to see how your hotel is going to perform. This is dope. This is where I got to talk to y'all, right? Because this is going to be a recurring theme in a lot of our episodes. The numbers, the data, all that is so important. You have to stay on top of that because it's going to tell you a lot about your business that you didn't even realize, Mm -hmm. right? And you'll be able to look at different trends and different things that are happening And instead of you saying, you know what, I'm having a bad moment in my business, you can easily point to that and say, oh, it's because the economy or it's because this a natural disaster happened Mm -hmm. or it's because that happened. Right. And that'll give you the confidence to keep going forward in your business and not feeling like you're the one who's failing. Right. This is good. And another thing we talked about it before about how did I realize I needed to bring on people when I couldn't really focus on that business aspect, Mm. because if you're doing everything else and you're not focusing on the finances and you're so busy focusing on marketing and all the other things that you forget, you don't have a chance to really look deep down into the numbers or put it together, that can cause a problem in your business, Yeah. right? So you can be the best marketer in the world, but if you don't have, if you don't know how to manage or control the money, then the company just goes away. It's so true. I I like, like I said earlier, I like the fact that you said, you know what, early on, I'm going to bring in people and teams to really help with these things. So that way I can be more mobile. I can do different things. I mean, I, I'm speaking. You know? Right. I live in Atlanta. I'm here in Houston. So it's right. like, you know, the business still has to run. Right. So I have to, I have to figure it out. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's going to definitely help you to continue scaling, you yeah. know, obviously. Yeah. And the way, from our discussion, it looks like owning a hotel is a business, right? It is. Yeah. Like you literally have to run it like a business. It is a business. It's an operating business sitting yeah. on real estate. And a lot of people, they don't realize that the real estate, it's a real estate play, mm-hmm. but it's also a business play. And so I always recommend for the people who are trying to get into the hotel business, get a limited service, which is a, a hotel without any food and beverage. So get a hotel without a full service mm. restaurant because it's just complicated. Understand right. that's a whole nother beast trying to understand food and beverage. Right. So I know it's you want to stay there yeah. and you love it, but W's are extremely expensive. Right. Westons are expensive to own. So start off with a good old Super 8, Motel 6, yeah. you know, uh, you know, th- those those type of hotels are a great place to start. You know, Econo Lodge, because they're more of a cash flowing property because mm-hmm. it's not as many expenses. The labor model are leaner. The labor model is leaner. And that way you have a better understanding of how the hotel business operates. Mm, that's good. So yeah. you're saying start with one of those hotels, whether it's Motel 6, Econo Lodge. Yeah, any, any of those type of segments. So limited right. service, select economy hotels, any any hotels from those particular segments will be a good place to start. So start with the economy hotel, get that experience. Mm-hmm. And then once you get confident around how the hotel is getting more and more hotels yeah. that makes sense and so now you can eventually move into a more full service hotel if you want if you want to if you, you may like the some people they don't ever like i personally don't want to buy a full service hotel right like i don't have any interest you know yeah my the majority of my career has been with full service hotels 
Mm. And you don't want that that headache. <laughs> well, the reason why, because when the economy hits, the full service hotels are the first. And typically, those hotels are very expensive. And mm-hmm. you're like a REIT who owns it or foreign countries owns it. Like yeah. ho- those hotels are ex- they're expensive to purchase, but they're expensive to maintain. Yeah. You know, so depending on the hotel, you're looking at, you know, 10, 10 figure renovation. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's a lot and of money. And then if you have a capital call. <clears throat> Yeah. It's a lot of money. <laughs> so it's a natural disaster. It's just, it's, yeah. I don't think people realize. They're like, Devon, I want to buy Ritz Carlton. I'm like, do you understand how much money that is? Right. Like, right. Like, you, you can enjoy staying in one, but let's say you want to own one. That could be a good future goal, but start out smaller. Start out, like, for example, the brands, the hotel brands, they own probably, I think, less than 1% to 3% of their hotels in their portfolio. They they franchise them all. They don't want to get into the own. They see that they're the best. They'll make more money, less risk. That. Yeah, with them managing, they're just being management companies and people and hotels paying the franchise fees. Yeah. So I'm a franchise franchisee of Hilton and IHG. We pay them franchise fees. Got it. And okay. Then manage, and then it's managed by Commonwealth, which is another fee. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You mentioned that, right? Um, I recently, well, not recently, but like a few years ago, learned that Marriott doesn't own any of their hotels, if I'm not mistaken. They own- Or very they, little. Very little. They don't own that many of them. And, I, and Hyatt, they don't own that many. Hilton, they don't own. Sometimes they may do JV, but they don't really own too many of their hotels. Right. Yeah. And and so they don't have that asset on their balance sheet to worry about. Um, mm-hmm. And now they're able to really- Unless you know, it's a JV. Like with the another owner, but the majority of the ownership is not on them, so it's not on their balance sheet. Right. So that's a common thing within mm-hmm. the industry, mm-hmm. because it's it's I would think less responsibility around you know making sure the asset is mm-hmm. well kept and everything, mm-hmm. and then they make their money off like the they franchise fees. They make and their other money things. off the fees. Yeah, it's a really really good model. Yeah. So like Marriott, for example, they're the number one hotel brand in the world, hotel company in the world. Hilton is number two. I don't know who's number three or four. I just know those top two. And so those particular brands that fees that can be tend to be higher right. because you're paying for the brand, right? You're paying for their reservation system. So Marriott has Bonvoy, Hilton has Hilton Honors. And so when you're getting a part of these brands, you're you're tapping into, for example, what's your favorite hotel brand? Marriott. Marriott, okay. Yeah. So when you travel, more than likely, you're probably going to stay to Marriott because you want to use your Marriott rewards, right? The right. Bonvoy yeah. program, right? So that's what you're paying into if you happen to purchase a, man- a Marriott franchise. If you're paying those because a guest who's going to be loyal because they want to they want to build their Marriott Bonvoy rewards so that way they can stay in Australia <laughs> somewhere for free. You right. know what I'm saying? So... I hear a lot of people want to start their own brand, and I'm like, why? That's because the thing to start your own brand. You can, but it's expensive. You right. just told me your favorite hotel is Marriott. So when you look for hotel, you want to look at Marriott. Mm-hmm. If it's a Spring Hill on this corner, and it's a no name hotel on that corner, I'm going to Spring Hill. You're going to Spring Hill, <laughs> right? You're going, that and makes then sense. so now this no name corner is going to have to spend more money to convert you from Marriott. Right. To stay at their no-name hotel. Wow. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. So we talked about how hotel owning a hotel is like owning a business, right? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. You have a hotel in Reno, Oklahoma. El Reno, Oklahoma. El yeah. Reno, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. How, so when we look at business, right, you have to market to get mm-hmm. clients. 
what are some of the marketing things that you have to do to get people to come in? So that hotel, well, three of the hotels, they're, they're a part of franchisee. Two are part of Hilton, one is a part of IHG. So we have to pay them a fee to be on their reservation system. So they market for us. Okay. And then we are managed by Commonwealth. So that's the management company. So they, they manage for, they market for us as well. Got so it. what that marketing looks like, we have a sales team mm-hmm. in El Reno. Uh, the the brand they have corporate sales meaning they have corporate partnerships and then the management company so it's a mm. lot of different layers yeah you know and then going back to you know having that avatar and mm. that having that target audience so the home to the uh, home to suites in El Reno is an extended stay so guess who's mm. going to stay there is that it's the larger larger rooms more like a studio as a kitchenette. Uh, typically, a guest is staying there at least five to seven days. We have some guests that even stay there for ninety days, mm. right? It's a Walmart across the street. They can, you know, you can actually cook in the in the rooms, and you get breakfast. And so that is a specific type of guest, right? Right, as opposed to so the guest is probably going to stay at an extended stay. May not say the Ritz Carlton, right? Depending on what's going on, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Right. So you're attracting two different guests. Ritz Carlton is um, they want more amenities. Right. Right. They're not they want room service. They're not trying to cook. You know, they may want a spa. Mm -hmm. Right. So all of that plays into marketing. Right. Right. Let me go back to the brand so we can say on brand. Mm -hmm. So Hilton be a Conrad or Waldorf Astoria. Right. Right. Talk about home two suites. So same brand. So got the Waldorf Astoria, home two suites, same brand, but it's two different guests. So you have to market to them differently. Got it. Yeah. And yeah. then, the so let's say it's a Waldorf Astoria in Oklahoma City and then that Home Two Suites in El Reno. Or how about this, a Home Two Suites in Oklahoma City and then a Home Two Suites in El Reno. Those are two different guests. It's the mm. same brand. It's the same concept, but it's a different location. So mm. we have, so the person that's going to Oklahoma City is probably not going to be the same person that's going to El Reno because they're two, they're, they're doing two different things. So how can we target how we have to target and create our marketing strategy differently than the person that's going to Oklahoma City. Same right. thing with hotels that are near the airport. They're traveling. They're going to stay at that hotel for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to travel all the way to to my hotel in El Reno because it's forty minutes outside of what they're trying to do, yeah. right? So that's when it comes to to marketing. Got it. Got yeah. it. So there's different marketing strategies that you have to employ. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's um, a, one of the reasons why you pay the, the franchise fees, because they they help with a lot of the marketing. Yeah. I see that they most likely do email marketing for mm-hmm. you email and they marketing. Do branding and all these things. Yeah. SEO, then, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Social media. Sometimes. Yeah. Depending. Yeah. E-commerce. And, yeah. And then being on their platform, if I type in the city, then your hotel pops up. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then do you have like a system that you can look at to see the capacity? For like, let's say the month of November moving forward, does it kind of tell you? We don't. The management company does, and so they'll okay. give us the reports. Nice. Yeah, they'll nice. give us the reports. Yeah, so they go through all those analytics, but yeah, they go through all that. That's dope, and they give it to you like once a month. They give it to often? us once a month. They give us the week. They give us daily, not from a marketing standpoint. The marketing is monthly. They give us like the daily financials, ADR, RevPAR, occupancy, you know, GOP, kind of like a projection. Right. And then weekly we get a summary, and then monthly we uh, we get the the full financials, the P and L statement, and we always monthly is the month the month afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So, 
when it comes to hiring people at your hotels, does the management company handle that? Or? They do, yeah. Okay. If you have a management company, if you don't have a management company, then that's something that you'll have to be responsible for. Right. So I would think if you don't have a management company, then it'll be hard to potentially own more than one. So hotel, what people what do, do, they they have like so maybe it could be like two hotels in the mm -hmm. same complex, and it will be the same general manager for okay. both hotels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but so do they give you a report on like how often you hired someone and, and all those things? Or? Yeah, we talk about it in our monthly meetings or they, you know, touch base. You know, if any, anybody, typically how it works, anybody on your executive staff. So that means general manager, director, sales. Like those are key people, key like business people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'll let us, I mean, I'm nosy. I'll be like, what about the front desk? And they're like, okay. Like nobody really asks what that is to me. Like, yeah. you know, what about the housekeepers? They're like. What? Like, yeah. you know, typically, you know, owners just care about the key positions. I'm like, well, what about the people? You know, right. how are they doing? That's just right. So. No, that's that's good. That, that's yeah. a great quality yeah. to have. Well, I used know. to work at the front desk. So exactly. Yeah. So housekeeping, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I see a lot of hotels. That's the biggest. That's the biggest department in any hotel is housekeeping. That's the biggest department. Mm -hmm. um, it's and the that's, heartbeat. And it's the most. It's the heartbeat. It's the heartbeat. And yeah, I mean, you got to get the rooms clean. Right. So, the, but they're the less paid, the least paid. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And most recently, in a lot of hotels that you go to, um, you see signs that say, "Hey, if you don't want your room cleaned every day, put this on the, the door or whatnot." Yeah. Well, part of that is labor. Part of that is labor, and is this expense, right? Mm -hmm. So that helps from a from an ownership. So when you're an owner, and you know this. You want to mitigate as many expenses as possible to bring to, to increase your profit margins, right. right? So, and the labor is the biggest expense in the hotel. Mm -hmm. And so, with with uh, by saying, "Hey, you know, you don't have to clean your room," that's just saving from a housekeeper, you know, cleaning right. room, linen, water, you know, just different right. laundry, things, all the, laundry, yeah. all of those different things add up. You know, and when you have larger hotels, that's a huge expense. It's a huge yeah. water bill. Yeah. You know, it's, a, you know, linen. And then, you know, especially during COVID, there's a shortage on linen. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, yeah. you know. So outside of labor, what's the, what are the other big expenses in hotels? If you have a, if you have a full service hotel, it'd be food and beverage. Okay. Yeah, food and beverage will be the next one if you have a hotel. I mean, if you have a, hotel, a, full, service. a full service hotel. So yeah, the biggest thing is labor, and then after that, it'll probably be sale. I'm just thinking about from a percentage standpoint. Probably, mm -hmm. of course, you know, rooms expenses. Right. Yeah, rooms expenses. You know, sales and marketing expenses and stuff like that will probably be yeah. This is good. Yeah. Let's let's dive back into Vester, right? Yeah. Um, you launched it. When did you officially launch it? July 11, 2022, my dad's birthday. Congratulations. I, I always remember that date. <laughs> I had a whole, like, Beyonce video and everything. You yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. 7-Eleven, that's why I did it. Yeah. That makes sense now. Uh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Congratulations on that. Yeah. <laughs> and how did, how did it feel? Obviously, it felt great that you, you know, you've been oh working on this gosh. for a year and you carried oh, it all the way. Oh, my gosh. That was like, that's why I did that video. That was right. excitement. Yeah. It was hot. That video, <laughs> I was burning up with this big sweat. I was like, I did not think that through. But I was just so excited that it was finally launching. I mean, and I, I couldn't tell anybody. Right. You know. Uh, I remember because you kept saying, hey, I got a surprise. You kept building up the anticipation. Man, I, and, and we kept, you know, it's a process. Just like yeah. closing on the house. 
Yeah. Well, it's a little harder, but it's a process, <laughs> you know, and I was finally glad that we would launch it. So we have some deals. So the next, the, the biggest, the, so I was excited about that. Then I got excited again once we finally got a deal. So we have deals on the platform. So for folks who want to invest, so it's not just hotels, it's other asset classes, it's multifamily, daycare, senior living, anything oh, wow. that's commercial real estate. We don't do residential. Are you starting to see more women of color come into the hotel industry? I am. I am. I love it. I think because, so the Indian community, so we have to be careful with women of color because the Indian community and the hotel industry, they the, they own over 60%. So it is Got more it. women coming from the Indian, but from women, from people of color, the mm -hmm. Indian community own over 60% of the hotels. So we are starting to see more black women, you know, become investors, becoming mm -hmm. owners. You know, fortunately I've been able to create a platform where mm -hmm. now people are like, oh, I always had that dream, but mm -hmm. I didn't think it was possible. So now they're able to do it. And so it's it's just, it's great. I can't wait to see what the next three to five years look like. Yeah. And to see more women of color, people of color, owning and investing in hotels and and I and I and I'm so passionate about it because one it creates wealth mm -hmm. right and then two I realized with ownership that's when you can make decisions and and have an impact on so many different things right when right. you own when you're because hotels bring in a lot of taxes mm -hmm. to the community right, right? it's it's an economic driver it's a demand generator right mm -hmm. Well, some cities are demand generator. But either way, when people go to the cities and it's the demand, they need a place to stay. Right. So they need a hotel. And for the people who think Airbnb is going to wipe off hotels, it's not going to happen. Hotels are going to always be around. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. It, I mean, I, matter of fact, it was in Because the there's a lot, lot in, of fear around the Airbnb. Last time I was in right? Houston, I spoke at a, a, um, a short-term rental conference when I was at a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Like, it's not, I mean, it's not going anywhere. Like, you're going to need a... Now, some... And then... Depending on the market, right? So my hotel is in El Reno, and then the, the, I have another one in Scottsburg. I don't even think they're, I don't even think they're Airbnbs or short-term rentals in those markets. Right. So depending on the market, right? So if I was in New York, and I think now the hotel industry, we have a, a better grip on it. You know, I hate to say it, but the hospitality industry, they can be slow when it comes to trends, mm. and they thought. Oh, it's going to fade. It's not going to stay. And right. now they're, you know, billion dollar valuation rate. Right? They don't own the real estate. Same thing with OTAs. OTA stands for online travel agency. So that's the Expedia's of the world. We have to give them a, a, a share of our of our revenue, whatever room for $100 on Expedia. Mm -hmm. They take, you know, they take money from that. So they can take up to $24 from that rate. So wait, wait. If I go on Expedia and I book We a don't room, get the full amount. Expedia will take their piece, mm -hmm. which could be up to $24. Well, up to 24%. For 24%, yeah. right? And then the remainder goes towards the That's owner. why the brands, if they want people to say book on the, the hotel brand, like mm -hmm. brand.com or marriott.com. They want you, that's why they give you incentives to book there. Right. Because they'd rather you go to the brand than go to the OTAs. Right. They it's, didn't think the OTAs were going to stay and they're still here. And we got to pay And them. that's been over a decade, yeah. They're, they're not going anywhere. So I, but then I guess another way to look at the OTAs would be as like another marketing engine. It's another mar now for independent hotels. It makes sense. Yeah. You know, cause and that helps them because people go to Expedia and they're like, okay, you know, or Hotels.com, and they see, you know, they can market their hotel on there. But you know, sort of like if I have a product that I'm selling e-commerce, I could sell it on my website and I could put it on Amazon. 
Mm-hmm. If I put it on Amazon, they're going to put it in front of millions of people, mm-hmm. probably millions more than what I'll be able right, to do. Right, right. So you just paying them a fee for doing it. They'll yeah. take a bigger chunk. But Same, going back to investor, I'm a platform, right? Mm. So when you're when you're looking to raise capital for your deal, you know, you've exhausted, you know, your friends and family and you have another deal and you need to, you know, talk to more people. Now you have a platform. So think of us in the, as, in a, as a, a marketing extension. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So... Let's say I want to buy a Ritz Carlton, right? <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there because it's a big hotel. Like I want to buy a Ritz, million. 400 million. Yeah. I have 20 million of my own money, but I still need 380 million, right? Um, I could potentially go on Vester, and who knows? There might be people on there that might be able to come up with that other 380, and then you guys can help me now fulfill my dream of owning a rich carlton okay so i'm going to stop you right there let's not do okay. rich carlton because that's like really expensive. that's that's high okay that's like really expensive. <laughs> I, 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 they're nice they're just yeah really expensive let's start you off with a nice a good old you know let's get you a, a fair since you went to marriott family let's go ahead and get fair you a nice field. little fair field in okay, fair in, okay. it's a, or or no residence in. So get your residence in so i can cook in the, in the room there okay. you go extended stay hotel yeah. you know still a marriott lean labor model because it's not that many people because you know they're they they in and they're not they're staying longer so they mm-hmm. request the, require a lot of service or housekeeping service so let's say you find a residence in for five million dollars okay I'm just making this up typically need about 20 to 30 percent down right so it's a about, real estate deal yeah. right one million yeah so you like okay and only got two hundred thousand i need eight hundred thousand more on Vesta. You got mm-hmm. it under contract. So you go to Vesta to help raise the other 800000 Wow. Mm-hmm. Crowdfunding, essentially. Yeah. Crowdfunding. Because in every deal, there is a passive investor and then there's an active, active. investor. Right. So in this case that we're talking about, this example, you would be considered the active investor because you're putting a deal together, you're mm-hmm. raising capital, you're a Marriott franchisee because you're, you know, you want to get a residence in. Right. And then you have a passive investor who like, you know what? Ephraim, I'm not trying to do that. See, you helped me make so much money, you know, by saving money on my taxes that now I got to invest, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't want to put this deal together. It's too much work. That's not what I'm right. here for. But I'll invest. And then you're like, okay, we're here to invest there. Yeah. And then you can invest. So now I'm connecting the active and the passive investors together. I love that. Yeah. So I want to make a segue, right? Because a lot of times we feel like we have to come up with 100% of the money to do mm-hmm. any kind of deals. Right. Right. We want to be 100% owner of anything that we do. Right. But you can go so much bigger if you bring other people's money into mm-hmm. the fold. Mm-hmm. Right. That'll actually propel you to do bigger deals. And when you think about it, you'll most likely be able to make even more money mm-hmm. because now you're able to do bigger deals versus using the little money that you might have. Or let's say even if you have a lot of money. But you don't want to use all of it. You can protect your money, right, and not use all of it. And now you can use a piece of it in a deal, join it with other people, take the rest of your money, go put it in, in different deals, and you're joining it with other people's money. And now you have like a bigger pot of investment, right? So I want y'all to think about that, you know, as you're thinking about doing deals in the future. So we've talked about Vester, right? And we've talked about like how it's really important to use other people's money. And that's where Vester comes into play. From an investment standpoint, right? How does 
why why is it like what's the return on investment i guess normally whenever so, if i join investor so it so what well, investor if you were to invest on the investor platform you'll be investing whatever the asset is or the portfolio so the returns are based on the deal so it's not mm-hmm. like a, you know the same thing so every deal is different so there's always let me actually take a step back so there's like probably three different ways to passively invest in a hotel, probably about three or four different ways. You can invest through a REIT, mm-hmm. which is a real estate investment trust. So that's a passive approach, uh, you know, you base off the dividends that you receive. And that's probably the most economical way to get your start investing in hotels is through a REIT because you can right. invest in as little as like 20 bucks. You know, right. ain't not going to get that much money, baby. <laughs> but it's a way for you to get started, yeah. right? You know, it's a way. So another way that you can invest in stocks, a lot of the hotels are publicly traded, so you can Mm -hmm. invest in their stocks. And then you can invest through crowdfunding, which I created a crowdfunding platform. So you can invest directly through the asset or you can invest privately, like meeting with the hotel owner. That's the hardest because unless you- You have to find the people. You have to like find hotel, I mean, you have to find hotel owners. And if you don't, like, if you're not in that circle or in that space, like, because right. they can't say on there, hey, I'm looking for, you know, investors and, you know, Because they're normally like high net worth people. High net worth people and they invest with people that they know because you're dealing with a lot of money. Right. So you're looking at, even from a passive side, you're probably looking at at least a minimum five figures to invest. Right. That's on the lower side. That's the thing that I like about investors yeah. that you can be an everyday person. You yeah. know, you can be an entrepreneur that yeah. has some money yeah. that and you want to actually jump in and get your feet wet and around the deal. Yeah. And... Everything is working on your behalf as you're still carrying on your business, yeah. right? So that, that's what I really like, the passiveness. It's just of it. a, it's a passive approach, and it's different asset classes. So it's different commercial, different types of commercial real estate. So we can be retail. We're going to have a retail coming up pretty soon. It's the hotels. Anybody who wants to do, you know, the requirements, you know, the deals have to be under contract, you know. So I'm not going to put any deals on there they're not under contract or they don't have site control. And so what that means, you know, so let's say they, you know, see a a deal, you know, from a broker or something and they don't, the LOI, you know, hasn't even been submitted or approved. LOI is letter Letter of intent. intent. Sorry, thanks for creating letter of intent. And so if, if they're not past that process, they don't really have control of that deal. Mm -hmm. So that's jeopardizing, you know, so that's one of the things that's probably the biggest criteria for investors that, you either have to be under contract or you have to have site control, which means that you own the land or you lease the land and you can have some type of documents showing that you own the land. Yeah. I like that or because own the real estate. Like if you don't have that and someone invests and their money can just be yeah, like just, floating around. Yeah, and another thing is how the investment process works. So if you invest in a deal, the money actually goes into escrow and never touches the platform right. or or the sponsor's hands. I like that. Yeah, so, and we're a member of FINRA, so we're regulated. So, of course, now you still have to do your own due diligence, right? right? You still have to do your own. It's, and investments are, are risky, right? So I always tell people, you know, if you save enough for a house next year, don't use that money to invest in mm-hmm. a hotel because you're probably not going to get it, you know, that probably for like at least like two to three years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little, it's not a super long-term investment, but it's not like It could be three short. to five years. It's not short. Probably three to five years. Yeah. When you get your full investment back. So- so I just always, again, that's why I send people, mm-hmm. you know, to CPAs or financial advisors because for that reason, right. you know, because you have to also go off what works because I don't know people's personal situation and I'm not a financial advisor. So 
always tell people, you know, speak with people, you know, speak with money people and they will advise you because maybe they'll say, hey, how about you take money at your retirement? Hey, but it's a better tax, you know, from a a tax standpoint, maybe it's better if you take money out your mutual fund or maybe you got too much in your savings or or maybe too much in your check in or or maybe to offset this it's better to use the money from here to invest. So that's always recommend for folks to talk to, you know, someone like yourself before they invest. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like having as much financial knowledge in your place, in your space is um, important and having a money team around you to really Ooh, help make those decisions. Cool. I love it. A money team. A money team. A money right? team. I like that, baby. Right. Yeah. Having having people that can help you with taxes, that can help you with your accounting and your business, yeah. financial advising, estates, trusts, wills, you mm-hmm. know, whole life. We could go on, right? Mm-hmm. But having people who are skilled in those areas is important. Yeah. You don't necessarily need it in the beginning of your journey because you may not be making enough to really like go there. But I would say Put that in the back of your mind, because at some point as you build, you're definitely going to need to develop that, that team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. When it, like I said, the impo- I've, understand, I've understood the importance of having, you know, the team. So, you know, my my life is starting to get a little bit more complicated. Yeah. So I've realized that <laughs> I have to get things in place. You know, I have a child, right? right. So it's certain things that, you know, I have, you know, real estate that I own. Mm-hmm. So it's outside of the hotels and, you know, the businesses. So life has just gotten a little complicated, yeah. right? And, you know, what can be done, you know, to make sure that, you know, I'm protected, to make sure that, you know, my future is protected. You know, so again, going back to that money team experts, yeah, right? Because we're so busy being creative and we're so busy, mm-hmm. you know, doing what we do and you're doing what you love, which is, I don't understand it, but I'm glad <laughs> you do. I, I don't get, I'm like, you want to grow up to be an accountant? But hey, somebody <laughs> has to do it. I couldn't do it. I did not do well in accounting, okay? 101, 102, none of yeah. them. So, um, yeah, so power to you. Do you plan on buying any more hotels? I do want to get a Hyatt. Okay. Yeah. So that that is like, would you say that's like an end goal for you, or would you yeah. keep going? No, I think I, I think that's it. Okay. So. I think I may get something for my son because I always said I'm a, I just want to at least have like a paid off house. I mean, not house. We already got that, but a paid off hotel in the family. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be that way. Some, somebody gonna always have a job, right? Because <laughs> you can. They, somebody be like, "Cause I need to borrow you home." clean the room at that right hotel. right <laughs> yeah ain't nobody asking me that yet because i'm like hey we hiring so we always hiring is it a goal of yours to have a hotel in the community that you grew up in not really so <laughs> right okay that's that's a fair thing so one well, of the things i remember that, i was born in philly and raised in atlanta those are expensive markets i'm okay very expensive markets yeah the dirt is not cheap there <laughs> <laughs> i'm okay so with that being said, um, one of the things that I saw that you do with your hotels, that doesn't have to be in the city that you yeah, are from. Yeah, none of them in the city, yeah. How are you, like, how did that, how did you feel comfortable doing that and how are you able to find those deals? Was it through, like, your network of people yeah, that you- Yeah, relationships. Yeah, so I partnered with Mike Ely with NASA Investments and so, yeah, just through relationships. And so my background was in as corporate asset management, which is advisory service to hotel owners. So the hotels that were in my portfolio, they were across the country. So I was used to it. Yeah. So that, And that's the beautiful thing about Vester is that you can have ownership in hotels all around all the around United the country. States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't, we don't accept international yet. So right. we only, it's only domestic, only domestic asset classes and only domestic, domestic in, investors. In due time, I, I can see you in Africa. You want to get one? I would. I'm not. <laughs> 
create a platform for you to do it. But no, let's not. Let's talk. It's not, not my goal. <laughs> I stay. I've. I know. I, I've. I've realized. I like to be focused. So right. I become more of a focused person, and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I love it. I can't do the other stuff. I love a figure focus, right? Eight figure, that's how, that's really how you get the eight. People really want to know. They like, what is the magic sauce? Uh, Focus. Focus. Focus yeah. on one. It's so many people and it's so much information out there. The people who do well, they're focused on one thing. Think about mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant. Think about Michael Jordan. They yeah. were, fo- they were, you have to be laser focused. And once you, once you achieve your goal and you get to where you want to be, then you can start doing other things. But the biggest thing is you have to focus. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say you're an accountant, right? Core focus, because, you know, a lot of us, we like to do payroll, we like to do taxes, bookkeeping and accounting, CFO work, right? Focusing in on one or two of those things and saying, this is all I'm going to do, and I'm going to market, and I'm going to bring in clients where I'm doing those few services. So now for every client that I'm working on, I have repeatable systems and processes, like Davon was saying. I already know what I'm going to get myself into every single day when a new client comes into the, the picture. And then for all the other services that you no longer want to do, you now say, you know what, let me find someone who hopefully has a core focus in that area, right? And let me outsource that work to them. And then they pay me a referral fee. So now your client is still being taken care of at a very high level and everybody's focusing in on what they are great at. And now what's going to happen is a domino effect. You're going to end up growing and growing and growing because now everybody on your team knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing at any given moment. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know, having um, a focus. Because yeah. I've been having those kind of conversations recently. I'm so. like, I'm all over the place. So <laughs> I don't, I'm a Gemini, so. Yeah. Well, if you Gemini's ever do want to do the Africa Hotel, just let me know. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm good. I've got offered plenty of times. I'm okay. Wow. So, no. so I have a last question for you. Yeah. Right? So you're a successful business owner, you know, hotel maven. You teach so many people how to do mm-hmm. what you're doing, and you have a three-year-old son, and you're constantly traveling, and you have so many responsibilities. How are you able to juggle like having a son and all the things that you're responsible for? Because I feel like, like I told you earlier, you know, when we had our twin boys, that was when my life changed. I was like, I got to get my life in order. Right. And it's challenging. It is right? extremely challenging. So how are you doing it? So... Well, I think I've gotten better. I love that answer. I don't know. Like, that's truthful. I really don't. I really don't. Like, I just go. I, well, I just I just go. This is I'm probably, assuming you have a good support system, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, my sister and my cousins, they're real helpful. And, mm-hmm. like, I try to do as much as I possibly can before I pick my little one up from daycare so mm-hmm. I can be with him, so I can be, like, present with him. Yeah. And then, you know, he has, like, weekends and he got all these friends and parties. So, you know, he's all busy and stuff. It's hard. At three years old, that's amazing. I know, that's what I said. And so I have to travel a lot. And so it's it's hard because I don't want to leave him. Mm -hmm. And so it's tiring because I make the trips really quick. Right. Like, flying in and then flying out the next day. If I could fly in and fly the same day, I would be so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Just so I can get back. To him and he wouldn't be that excited. I'd be like stressing. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. And he'd just be like, What's up, mom? I'd be like, wait, what? That's what I get. But yeah. how do I do it? Systems, I, I try to automate as many things as I possibly can. I like where this is going. I, I going. mean, I've learned, I've realized 
when I automate stuff, it takes the stress off of me. Mm -hmm. My to-do list is forever. And so now what I'm starting to do, okay, on my to-do list, who can I outsource this to? What can I take off my plate? And then now I'm starting to build a self-care regimen. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. Devon, you're going to do this twice a week. This is what you're going to do. Yeah. And also I, I try to take time for myself because I've realized when you don't, when you don't pause and take a, a breather and relax, mm-hmm. your body your body will shut down. Your body mm-hmm. will be like, okay, you don't want to stop. That's what I'm yeah. just going to stop for you. Yeah. And it's going to be when you're the busiest time in your life. Mm-hmm. So you need to you better figure it out. And another thing, what's helped me and how I juggle it, I've learned to say no. Like you said to me earlier about the African hotel. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going to stress myself out. I love so, it. Yeah. and I say no to anybody if mm-hmm. it's too much. Like even my little one, sometimes he wants to watch Mickey Mouse. No, we're no. not going to watch Mickey Mouse. Okay, yeah. we watch Mickey Mouse all the time. Yeah. We're going to watch something else. We're going to watch right. Hercules today. Okay, <laughs> so because we always watch the same thing. So I tell people no, mm-hmm. you know, because I have to protect my peace. Because right. at the end of the day, it's me, and I have these businesses, and I have so many people relying on me. Right. You know, so and I have my little one that's relying on me. So I have to do whatever I can. To take care of Devon Reed, so that's if if it's too much and it feels like that it's going to stress me out or give me a headache because I'm not in that business anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no. And it's I had to learn that because I'm a woman. So we always right. were we were raised to be caregivers right. and nurture because we got to take care of y'all because y'all be babies. <laughs> like I'm seeing, I learned yeah. so much about men from my little one. Y'all literally grow up with me the same way. And so <laughs> we had, so I had to learn this you know, recently to mm-hmm. to to start saying no and to be a little selfish so I can take care of myself and enjoy my life. So now wait not only live it for myself, but live it for my little one as well. Amazing, right? Because one of the things that, that I took from what you just said is that the same way we organize our business, we gotta organize our personal life, right? Yeah. And you know, you only I think having kids or a child it organizes you in a certain way because you realize that you don't have as much time in the day Mm-mm, like yeah, you used to. And you can't plan. It's hard to plan with kids. Like, I'll try to plan to the day to the T, and the next thing you know, my little one's sick. Man. So we can't take you to daycare. <laughs> so it's like, wait, what? So we, yeah. we just gonna, you just going to be coming with me. I mean, my right. son was at both closings. See, that's why I don't think the Hyatt closing will, because I didn't bring him to the Hyatt closing. He's just, yeah. Like, so I Good said, oh, charm. you coming to the next the one. Next coming That's <laughs> all of them. I said, you're going to be there. <laughs> I love that. Charm. He don't yeah. know it. He just running around the bank when we signed the paperwork. He just <laughs> go right ahead. Yeah. But that, that time management, right? Like like having children. Once the kids came, I realized how much time I was abusing when I didn't have them. Yeah. Yeah, me you know? too. Like yeah. I was lack of days school with my time. Me too. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, I got to drop them off at a certain time mm-hmm. at daycare. At school, and then I gotta pick them up by a certain time, and then it's I like can't the whole do. Day up. I can't do any work until they go to bed, yeah, and then by the time they go to bed, I'm ready to go to bed. That sounds like me. I just like I will be so tired, so I gotta catch up on my shows. I like my guilty pleasure. Yeah, shows and crab legs, and so and I like documentaries. So I gotta catch yeah. up on my documentaries, and so that's 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 what I do for me. Like I eat my crab leg, not when he around, cause we messing yeah. up the flow. <laughs> It's my thing. It's my jam. And so, uh, yeah, but like you said, it's just like you're up late. But that's, a, you know, you can't, you're not your best self when you're tired. Yes. You're not your best self when you're exhausted. So sometimes I'm like, you know what, Devon? Girl, this is going to be it. 
because mm-hmm. you you not making this. And then what? If, and then for some reason, I live in a wooded area. The internet would go out. Like, what? <laughs> it happened last night. I was like, I'm gonna knock this it's out. Science. So I'm gonna enjoy Houston when I could. Man, I no. gotta work. <laughs> my internet went out last night. I was like, God. see, this is real life. This is real life entrepreneurship yes. stuff, right? The things <laughs> that, that they don't talk that, about. The online. things that they don't talk about. <laughs> yeah, this is ha- this is life. You know. So especially when you have kids and you have to adjust, and you know, I have to make sure he's okay, and then. You know, I have a meeting, I have to run back and do this and do that. So it's, it's, you know, definitely I try to get better with my time management and what can I do to off-source. It's like, okay, so now I got to make more money, you know, because yeah. I got to bring in these people. So yeah. it's, it's a different level of stress when you have people on your team. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I thank you for your time. Thank you. You know, you took time out of your busy schedule to jump on the podcast. So I really appreciate All that. All the way from, from Atlanta to Houston. All the way from Atlanta from to Houston. Hopefully this won't be the last time you're on. No, <laughs> no. I, I can see you being on again. Um, can you tell everybody where to find you online? Sure. You can find me on, I'm on Instagram, Davon Reeves. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Uh, same thing, Davon Reeves. And you can go, if you want to learn more about Vester, V-E-S-T-E-R-R.com. So definitely looking forward to connecting with you all. And then if you, I know you said earlier that you teach people how to do what you do. So do you have any um, yeah, educational courses? Yeah, I do have some courses. courses like, uh, do Vester Academy. Yeah, so we have some courses where uh, we teach you not only how to raise capital, but it's all, all, as well as how to get into the, the hotel business, hotel ownership business. I love it. I appreciate your time. Thank you. This is A Figure Focus, another amazing episode, and we look forward to seeing all of you next week.